Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the EFL Fantasy Podcast. My name is Angus. And my name is Dan. And as you can probably tell, Jamie is not with us this evening. Um, parenting duties have uh, prevented him from be, uh, being with us this evening. But uh, yeah, um, how are you doing, Dan? Let's start there. Yeah, I'm doing all right. Um, another good, well, I think the games are getting better as the tournament goes through. We had a, a crazy three-all draw and a three-two um, and we've got some really good fixtures coming up in match day three with a lot riding on the group. So it's definitely heating up now, the World Cup. Uh, Gaffer-wise, it's, it's a bit hard to really know because I didn't play a, a boost this week, uh, whereas everyone who seemed to did seem to have scored quite well. So not great. Um, I got uh, 87 Minus four when Stupinan comes in for Tommy Asu, who didn't play. Um, my captain, Saar, um, he was part of my transfer in. So was Kiefer Moore. I can't quite remember who I took out. Uh, <laughs> oh, it was Rainer from America and I want to say Nunez. That sounds yeah, about right. that sounds about right. Um so I captain Saar for 14, vice-captain Mbappe for 24. Um, I had Gonda in goal for Japan, who cost me not just Japan, but also me points. So he got four, <laughs> Trippier nine, Estrupinen's coming in for six, Dumfries four, Richardson three, Messi 16. And my strikers were... <laughs> Well, Martinez for two, Kiefer Moore with four because he got two bonus somehow, and uh, Bergwine for one, who I think he came off at half time. So. Yes, he did. Yeah, n- not not a great game week because especially with all my high scoring players were basically everyone triple <laughs> had them on triple triple. So we'll see if my my plan works this game week going into match day three. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm one of those people who's on triple triple. Uh, we can't speak to the ranks from um, Monday's games. We're recording Monday evening, um, but I I finished on 167 minus eight um, after Sunday's games. That was a game week rank of four. That will obviously get worse because I only had Richarlison today. Um, but I had Matt Ryan in goal, Super Matt Ryan for nine points. Clean um, sheet. He got bonus. That was the best part. He actually got bonus. I've never seen a goalie get bonus in Gaffer unless he saves a penalty. Yeah, and he, he like he got one save point and got bonus. <laughs> it wasn't even like he made loads of saves. <laughs> it's amazing. Jordi uh, Alba twelve, Trippier nine, Dumfries four. Uh, Mbappe was one of my three on triple triple, so that was forty eight. Uh, Richardson with just the three. Saar I brought in was twenty one on the triple triple, and Messi forty eight on the triple triple. And then up front I had Matoma for one, Martinez for two, and I uh, Gakpo for ten. I had Estupinan six on the bench. Um, the players I brought in were Richarlison, Saar, and Gakpo. Um, so Gakpo obviously got the goal. Saar 
four bonus. Um, that, that was his points. Four bonus and a point for the clean sheet. Um, and Richarlison obviously blanked, but uh, yeah, have to be uh, have to be very happy with that. Um, obviously, no boost for game week three, so that will give me a better idea of uh, where I'm at. But I'm I'm ready to take some punts. I, like I'm, you know, I, I, we've said not taking this like overly seriously, um, particularly <laughs> being hamstrung somewhat by these triple ups. Um, but I'm looking I'm looking at some real punts. I uh, I'm sort of go big or go home at this point. So. Uh, We'll see how that goes, but it's it's nice when you see sort of those those sort of you know really well depending like high game week ranks or low numbers for the game week rank, but being that high in the game week it always feels nice. So uh, uh, I've, I've at least got that to fall back on. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna start off by covering some of the some of the games. Um, just talking about some of them. Um, so Dan, what's the first team or game that you wanted to talk about? Uh, so I want to talk about Argentina. Um, obviously, they they played against Mexico and won two nil, but they weren't very good. Um, they relied heavily on Messi, and it it was a, gr- a great goal. But up until then, he he didn't really do much. Um, the first half, they seemed to. They were obviously fired up, but they seemed to want to fight with Mexico more than than create anything. And I think if Mexico were actually competent going forward, they'd have caused Argentina a lot more trouble than than they did. Um, like I said, Messi a great goal, but and then um, I was impressed with. Um, Enzo Fernandez, who came on, I, I, I don't know too much about him, but he he scored a great second goal. So I think we've got to probably start him next game. Um, I've had Martinez, and it's been a disaster. It, it's got to get to the point where he he might get dropped. I think. Um, but the thing I, I really want to talk about with this game is like. They're celebrating like they're already through. They've still got another game left. Like I mean, I've I've thought... commented on you sort of policing their celebrations, but uh... no, no, no. But when you're celebrating for an over an hour, when you you've basically just beat Mexico, who can't don't have an attack, and four days ago you lost to Saudi Arabia. I think you need to calm down a bit and focus on uh, Poland. Who can just draw with draw the game and they'll be probably going out. But um, yeah, look, it, Messi was brilliant in this. Yeah, um, I mean, I saves them like, again. You're allowed to celebrate how you want for me when you win a, a game at the World Cup, any game. Um, and you know, it's nice to be just sort of sat around with your mates after winning a game of football. Like you don't necessarily want to go into the outside world. It's probably the, their best time where they don't have to deal with people in the outside world. <laughs> but then they release it on social media. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean Enzo Fernandez, very highly rated, um, will very yeah, soon be getting a move to a big club. Um, I. I think he'll probably come into the team. I think they'll probably have to change a couple of things again. Um, a couple of the changes didn't quite work. Um, a couple of them did. Um, I mean, you know, 
it would have been hard for Lissandro Martinez to be as bad in this game as Chris, uh, Christian Romero was in the first game, but I think it did help them. Um, but yeah, I think they, you know, they still need a win, and um, I think there's there is technically a way they can go through even if they lose, but um, you don't you you want to be sort of you know taking things into your own hands and sort of controlling your own fate, which they do if they win, they're through. Um, and they're almost certainly through top of the group. So it's still very much in their hands. Um, but if they don't win, they're going to potentially need some help in there um, from Mexico. Um, it's, it's just the, it's just the performances are worrying. Like that, They might get through against Poland just because Messi can turn up and, and score a goal or two, but I struggle to see this team go going as far as people thought pre-tournament. Yeah, which is strange because the whole theory with this team, and we'd seen it with them winning the last Copa America, winning the uh, finalissima against Italy, was that the whole point was that it was a team that was less reliant on Messi, that had people, that other players that could contribute. And then in this World Cup, it's just it seems to have just reverted to hope Messi can like get us over the line. Um, but yeah, I'm... I think they'll still be all right in the third game, but uh, yeah, it's it's not an ideal situation for them, obviously, but I think it was important for them. The most important thing after losing the first game to Saudi Arabia was just to win the game. Um, yeah. And they've at least done that. Yeah. <laughs> so at least, at least we could say that for them. They, they, uh, they did get the win. Um, in terms of one of the, the better teams, one team that I wanted to uh, touch on was France so obviously this was viewed as being the, the tough game for them um, yeah. and I know they were level at one point um, and I know it took them a while to score but it felt like they were better than Denmark basically the whole time and like it almost just felt like a matter of time and they were going to win the game um, you know we we spoke about Messi with Argentina. I mean, Kylian Mbappe is just ridiculous. I mean, the goal where he deliberately finishes, like controls the finish, directs the finish with his thigh in midair, like that's just absurd. <laughs> um, I thought Antoine Griezmann was really good in that game. Um, I think you know he's he's. Well, gone a little bit under the radar and I think a big thing that I was thinking about after this game is I think France could end up being the big beneficiaries of the weird situation for him where for like three months of the season or whatever it was um, he couldn't play more than half an hour of a game for Atletico Madrid because he then had a almost like a warm-up period when they sorted the contract situation before the tournament to prepare him for the World Cup, where he's still fresh, but like he's he's had some ninety minutes under his belt, so I think they could actually be the real beneficiaries of this. Um, and yeah, I just thought, you know, they, you know, I mean, they made they made what three changes um, with Kunde coming in at right back, Varane in at centre back, and Teo Hernandez, which we knew he would start at left back. I forgot that that was even a change because of how early it happened. Um, 
and it just showed. I mean, you know, they they still didn't even start the likes of William Saliba. Like they they have a really strong squad as well, um, and I think they're they're going to be a problem for people. Um, but I just thought, particularly that that Mbappe goal, <laughs> that it's just stupid, and it um, it just sort of you know was worth mentioning for me. Um, I'm not sure we need to cover France much more. We did them on sort of the first pod as well. Um, do, do you think um, they rotate massively? They're the toughest to read, I think, in terms of... Because they're through. How much they rotate versus sort of, you know, keeping some of these guys in rhythm. Um, but I think some of these guys, particularly where they're now a bit thin, uh, might well get a rest. Like... My my suspicion is someone like Teo Hernandez gets a rest because basically their backup left back now is, you know, someone playing out of position. It's like a midfielder playing out of position. It's their backup left back now. Um, so you know it makes no sense to then play sort of Teo Hernandez. Um, I personally I would be surprised if um if Mbappe played the final game, but. Um, it depends how much there's there's any element of sort of keeping him in rhythm or anything like that. Um, I'm not 100% sure because with some of these players, they work better when they keep up a rhythm. Some players, if they if they take games off, it sort of disrupts them more. I'm not saying he is one of those, but I don't know. So I wouldn't like to say for certain. Plus, you've got the element of he might well be going for a golden boot. Does he want to play sort of like 45 to 60 minutes, see if he can get a goal and then come off um i i know i've seen rumors i think that Giroud isn't going to start so that would give the indication that that there's going to be some some rotation there obviously but how much i'm not 100 percent sure on um just trying to remember which so they they have i think a four day gap um between the games so they could still go quite strong um I'm not sure they have much reason to, but they could. Um, but we'll move on. What's the what's the next uh, team you want to cover, Dan? I'm going to cover England. Um, we're quite high on England. Well, I was anyway <laughs> after the Iran result, um, and we were brought back down to earth. But um, I don't think. Going into the game, you can't really moan. He's picked the he's picked the same side uh, that one six two. It was just during the game, which has been his his problem throughout since he's become manager. Especially, it was highlighted in the semi final and the final over the last two major tournaments. Uh, just his, he just takes so long to change, like. It wasn't working at half time, so just change it at half time, or just change it like five or ten minutes in. He he, he waits till he just waits so long that like the commentators were saying, "Well, he's discussing what's what's he discussing? What have they not been talking at half time? What what's going on?" Um, I know he got criticised for for bringing on Henderson. I actually thought. That sub worked. Um, Bellingham and Rice were knackered, and they needed to calm it down. And Henderson came on and 
stopped the waves of attack that were coming from America. Um, I think the main thing was why Mount wasn't taken off for Foden, which I just don't understand. Like he's he's, he's so worried about not winning the, the and not losing the game, which I can understand because you've seen a few teams now on three points: Argentina, Germany, um, Belgium. Whereas because of our ridiculous goal difference, we're, we're basically through now unless Wales win 4-0. And if we lose to Wales, we deserve to get knocked out 4-0. Um, so it'll be interesting. Uh, it seems like Carl uh, Walker is going to play. I'm not sure if it's been leaked where he's playing in a, in a five or a four yet. But um, if I was manning Southgate, I'd carry on with the four and rest half the team yeah I mean particularly like I don't want to sort of <laughs> criticise Wales too hard in part because you know Welsh fans have done enough of that about their own team <laughs> um, since the Iran game but you know England should be able to make sort of any number of changes and still win that game um, it's yeah. been interesting as a as a non-England fan sort of seeing the reaction to the game Um I did say I wasn't trying to wind people up when I said when I picked it as my potential shock. Um, mm. I think coming into the tournament, a lot of people were sort of ignoring particularly the talent available to the US. And I think they have shown that in the two games. There's been a little bit of issue particularly finishing their chances, but particularly in the midfield area. I mean, in that game as well, Tyler Adams was incredible. Western McKenney was very good as well. Um, and, you know, like you say, I mean, there, there is an element of perspective. I know that it's looking ahead and looking to the latter stages of the tournament. But some of these big nations are concerned and England are almost certainly going to go through. Right? There, yeah. there's that It's still sort of almost retaining that level of perspective. You cannot be happy with things, but still be like, yes, but at the end of the day, <laughs> barring something really dramatic, England will be through. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure about the the not bringing Foden on thing. Um, I know he said he something just doesn't about Foden trust not him. playing centrally um, for his club, but um, that's a, yeah, but that's just a load of rubbish because he came on central in the Iran game. Yeah, and um, I know it's not the I know it's not the same thing. I know that there are differences because it's doing the same thing on the opposite side. Um, but there was a part of me that was sort of like winding a few people up on that saying, uh, yeah, this is the man who brought you Kieran Trippier at left back. But uh, <laughs> um, but we can move on because, again, England are a team we've covered and I do think it's one of those things where we will be talking about them again in part because, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be involved in the knockout stages. And Would you um, would you pick any of them, Angus? For this game week? Got Wales. Um, yeah. Um, I'd be tempted to pick Harry Kane. Really? He he didn't look. He looks injured. Yeah, but like a half fit. I know Harry he Kane always looks score like. Against Wales. Do you um, think he starts though? I think I don't think anyone there actually has it in them to say no to Harry Kane, even when they should. I feel like we've seen it a number of times. Games when Harry Kane shouldn't have started, he's still there in the lineup. Um, yeah, 
I think if you hear anything about like who's actually going to play, then it could be worthwhile. The problem for me is like England could make like two changes, they could make like eight changes, and or anything in between, and none of it would surprise me. Um, but it, England's lineup nor- normally gets leaked, and with yeah, the deadline saying, like, at half one, we're recording Monday night after we've recorded at least like half the lineup might have been leaked if you if if you're listening and you see any leaks you like or you know any players that are in that you like then by all means go for it um otherwise i would be slightly wary just because of that element of the unknown in terms of the rotation because even though england will want to finish top they're basically through so there is there will potentially be some rotation and protection of players um, but we'll move on to the next team that I wanted to cover, and uh, I'm going to cover the positive side but I'm, of this game, but I'm sure we'll cover the negative side as well. Now, I want to talk about Morocco. I thought Morocco, they impressed me in the first game against Croatia. They, they you know, they were really tough to break down and um, you know, had a couple of moments in attack, but they looked a decent team. Um and then against Belgium, they, they won and they thoroughly deserved to. Um, and I think you look through that team and you're like, they're playing well. Um, there will be the odd game where they'll struggle to score, I think, particularly. Um, you know, I, I like um, Yusuf and Nasiri up front for them, but he will go through periods of times where he won't score any goals. And, um, you know, that's potentially a problem. But I think... Um, it's built on a particularly strong defensive foundation um, for them. And then with the likes of Hakim Ziyech and um, particularly the way Bufal has been playing as well, um, they have they have the potential to cause issues going the other way. Now, it should be said in this, um, you know, the, the second goal, I think it was, was um, from a free kick that was kicked straight at goal and Courtois managed to make a mess of it. He also managed to make a mess of one earlier where... I think um, it was the first goal, Angus. Well, the first one was Saiz. It was the um, the one where it just went directly in and uh, Courtois fumbles it on the line is um, uh, Abouklal. Um, but there was the earlier one from Ziyech as well where Courtois completely fumbled it where he got away with it because yeah. Saiz was offside in front of him. Um, but they they just had they just had a mess and Morocco took advantage of of Belgium um, in basically all the ways we thought Belgium could be taken advantage of. But Morocco did really well and Morocco like they're in a really strong position to qualify now. Um, well, I, I don't know about you, but I really like their back four. Yeah, yeah, it's it's built on it's a really solid. good foundation. Um, and I don't think you know I know I know we can joke about Roman Saiz, you know. He's, he's sort of almost aged out of the Premier League now, but um, very solid, very experienced. Again, next to him looks very good. I know we haven't had a chance to see much of him for West Ham. And then, you know, Hakimi and Mazraoui, we know their quality. Hakimi has shown it. Um, he's obviously, you know, a starter for Paris Saint-Germain. Mazraoui previously at Ajax, now at Bayern Munich. Like, that's that's good players. That's genuinely sort of like top level players. Um, 
and and they had to deal with the fact that their goalkeeper was ruled out like you know basically moments before the game yeah. um and they took it all in stride and just did really well and i think you know like I say they they're likely to go through now and they thoroughly deserve to based on what we've seen so far um so Going forward, Angus, obviously they've got the game against Canada and we've seen Canada. They've, they've been a great entertaining team to watch because they're attacking, but they're, they, they they leave space at the back. And a lot of Morocco's players are, are very, very cheap. Ziyech is 5.5. Bufal is 5. That's yeah. where I would be looking. I assume that that's what the question you're asking. Bufal is is where I would be looking, but I think Ziyech is a, is a good option as well. Um, yeah. And for those on Hakimi in particular, no problem with that this week either. Um, yeah. God, I th- I think they could go. I'm trying to work out who they if they win the group. Who do they match up with? Is that Spain's group? Is it? Uh, just one moment. Um, so if they won the group, they would play Germany. So the second place in... I've yeah. got it Germany at the moment, but the second place in Spain's group. But that's... Germany on... They, I'm not sure Germany will want to pl- face a stubborn no. Morocco. So. No, no, definitely not. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I just I thought you know they've they've been really good, um, and yeah, they're one of these teams that no one's going to want to face. Um, and uh, yeah, all credit to them. I do think we should touch on the other side of this game though, in Belgium. Oh. Well, we mentioned it, didn't yeah. we, Angus? We said this would be the sh- well, was it even a shock? Yes, I, th- I think, I think that was basically game. what we were saying. We're not sure this even qualifies as a shock. Um, after looking bad in the first game, I mean, you know, in fairness, the, the, the one person I can give credit in this is, um, in this particular case, like we can talk about his reign more generally and whether that was that's actually been good or not. But Roberto Martinez clearly recognised the issues. He changed it up to a back four. You know, he changed the personnel. Uh, he clearly recognised that it hadn't been right, and you know, it it still didn't work. <laughs> they still weren't good, but he did at least attempt to, you know, change it. And um, but yeah, all the issues we saw coming to pass, they happened. It doesn't help that they've got Mishi Batshuayi up up front. Um, well, Lukaku's not fit. He came on what for ten minutes, yeah, and he clearly wasn't fit. And I, you know, I think I think if if they'd been more confident about the team, he wouldn't have been involved. Um, I I think like by all accounts, in terms of the injury time frame and whatever, he he shouldn't have been involved in that game. They were just desperate. Um, Aiden Hazard. Um, you know, he's he's played like eight games in the past eighteen months or something. Like it's it's just it's it's not going to happen for him. Um, and you know, I mean, De Bruyne, he was he was better than the first game, although it was hard for him to be worse than the first game. Um, 
and he was clearly getting frustrated with what was around him, which I can't necessarily blame him for. Like, you know, he was looking to play the ball for people, and it was sort of like either you see your options are like Mishi Batshuai or, you know, one of the Hazard brothers or whatever. It's like, you know, decent players, but it's not exactly what you want to see. And so I just think they've been really disappointing. I, I was I was concerned that this would be a tournament too far for that sort of generation of players that um, it could just go horribly wrong for them. Um, and it kind of has, really. I mean, I know that they could still qualify, but, you know, I don't have high hopes for them against Croatia. And they have to get something from that game or they're out. Um, they have to win, probably. Probably have to win, yeah. Because Croatia are above them. Yeah, I, I think... Yeah, because like, they'd have to win and then it might get into a goal difference situation with Morocco. Um, or, no, because if they draw, then Morocco would still be above them on goal difference. So they have to win. Yeah. Um, They've got to beat Croatia. Yeah. And while it's possible, I don't see it happening. Um, I think that would be a shock. It'd be a shock if they turned around and beat Croatia. I know they've got the players and everything, but you know nothing about watching them has suggested that they're going to pull that off. And uh, yeah, it's uh, even if they do get through, I think they'd then be, you know, food and drink to any to any sort of you know top level team that came against them. Well, they if they finish second, they'd probably play Spain. Yeah. In the next one, um, I think Spain would just take them apart. Um, Probably, yeah. From a fantasy football point of view, I'd be looking at Spain players immediately. <laughs> would you be looking at Croatian players against For this Belgium? week? Or is that too far? But I don't. I think, yeah, I think that's one where I, I think there's there's opportunities elsewhere where I think that could be like a bit of a you know Belgium are in the game but struggle to get anything from it rather than like getting I can see that apart. just being like nil nil yeah. Croatia just managed the game yeah um, but we'll move on from them particularly because you know they don't deserve us talking about them anymore um, what's the, the third thing you wanted to cover Dan I've got to cover Japan yeah. and um, they're my team of the tournament they get an amazing win against Germany then playing against Costa Rica who's just conceded seven and you lose the game to their only shot, which the kick goalie tries to parry and just didn't do it. It was just so painful watching. Um, and you know more about it than me, Angus. And you just look at their their bench, and I guess I'm not I, quite I, sure I may what they not have had a rant about this, but carry on. <laughs> You got Matoma, Aito, Kuba, um, Minamino, Asano. It, like I, I don't know if they, if they, he's under pressure to play some players from Japan who play in their league because it's like he thought they were already through and he was resting them for Spain or something. Like, but they, but they just didn't do. They just didn't do anything. I, I don't know if they knew they were playing football. They, there was just no urgency whatsoever. And um, Angus, you've got to talk about your favourite player in this oh, so match. Much. Oh God! Uh, like, uh, 
So I think he's, he plays for like a mid-table club in Japan. Um, someone yeah, was saying. He does. And like, I'm nowhere near a professional footballer, so I feel sort of bad, sort of going too hard criticizing them. But he kind of looked like a competition winner in the team. Yeah. He, he, he just didn't look like he belonged there. And like, part of that is about the, the growing quality of player in the Japanese team. But he just, and then they were like letting him take free kicks and set piece, cross set pieces into the box. And it was just like, it got worse. And then and they, worse. Moved, they moved him from left wing and then decided to put him right wing back or something. I, yeah, they moved yeah. him from left wing back to left wing back, then moved him across to right wing back. And it was just sort of like, and then I think like with about 10 minutes to go, he got taken off. I think it was after the goal. Um, but it was just like, no, there was for most of the first half. What he did was he got the ball on the left, and he ran inside, basically on a straight line to the goal. And like, if there were defenders in the way, they just tackled him. But like, his whole plan seemed to be come inside and run in a straight line, and it was just it was just bizarre. Um, I just they just blew they just blown it big time because yeah. Germany were basically out. German Germany were in massive trouble now. You'd almost look at them as favourites to go through because, like, if they get a win and Japan don't beat Spain, um, then Germany probably go through. Um, and yeah, I just like the starting lineup. I, I don't understand. Like, I know people have pointed at the Tommy Yasu thing. He was he had a minor injury issue after the first game. It was talked about that you know he was struggling with this issue, so I was I wasn't as convinced he was going to play. But you know, Kubo was doing really well in La Liga this season um, for Real Sociedad. Played forty five minutes in the first game, took him off, didn't get brought on in the second game. Minamino has been I think a second half substitute in both games. Um. Matoma has been a second half substitute in both games and I think relatively late in both and I know the, the excuse before the first game was he'd had a bit of illness but if he was well enough to come in on in the first game why did he only then get 10, 10 minutes in the second game Like, and he beat the right back I think he came on and within the first sort of three or four minutes of coming on he beat the uh, Costa Rica right back with ease like twice set up the chance that uh, for Kamada, that was probably the closest they came to scoring, where Navas saved it with his feet. Um, it just feels like they've completely blown it. Um, yeah, they have. Which feels bad because they were so good in that win against Germany, and you know you want to you want us to give them credit, but it sort of feels like it was all for nothing now. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, so we'll move on to the the third thing that I had to cover, which I just wanted to talk about the amazing game. I mean, I could have picked a couple of games from today, but I just wanted to talk about the amazing Cameroon-Serbia game. <laughs> it was mad. Um, so you had... Um, Mitrovic should have scored a couple of times while it was nil-nil. And completely against the run of play, um, Castelletto scores. So anyone who went with him is the 4.0 defender. Um, Sitting on my bench. And he couldn't miss. It was a tap-in from like a yard at the back post on a corner. Uh, he wasn't tracked in there. And 
he really couldn't miss. Um, and then, like, Serbia just completely took over. They scored, I think it was three goals, could have scored more. They were, you know, they just looked incredible. Um, Pavlovich, big centre-back, scored from a Tadic free kick. Malinkovic, Savic scored. Mitrovic got his goal from a really nicely worked team goal. Um, and it's a shame that Jamie isn't here this evening, given that I was given that uh this is his this is his guy but the game completely changed where on abubakar coming on um it's good. that's that's one of the goals of the tournament his scoop isn't it yeah and my favorite thing is that is absolutely the finish of a guy who thinks he's offside anyway so he's just done it <laughs> Like, you look at his reaction afterwards, he clearly thought he was offside and whatever, and then they looked at it, and it was like, actually, he's onside. <laughs> it was just amazing. Um, and then, obviously, he's done really well to sort of run in behind um, and square for Chupamoting for the equaliser. I've seen a few people with Chupamoting in their teams. That'll, that'll do for them. Um, Cameroon are probably going to go out despite this um, because they've got Brazil in the final game. Even if Brazil rotate their whole team, they're still going to put out such a strong team that Cameroon will struggle. Um, but yeah, and then it felt like either team could score. I mean, Cameroon looked more likely when it got to three all, but it was just, it was just an absolutely mad game. And it was a, a lovely farewell for us to the 10 a.m. kickoff slot <laughs> that game. We may have... Most have been under 2.5. Yeah, and then you just have this utterly nuts game. <laughs> so the first game in the 10 o'clock slot was England's 6-2 win against Iran. It, and it the last game in the 10 o'clock It wasn't, slot. Angus. It, England's was 1pm. Oh, was it the 1pm? Yeah, the first one was Saudi Arabia, Argentina, oh, so- I think. Um, that's even more bonkers probably yeah and so it's just like it, you know it's given us a couple of moments but just a, a nice send off for the uh, for the 10am the 10 slot I, don't, I, I think um, I don't know if it's just me but we had in the first round of games where the African team struggled to score goals mm. and I, I wonder if it's just they're just set up too defensively I look at a lot of them and a lot of their better players are going forward just just let them attack we had it the Ghana game against Portugal when they attacked they looked like they were going to score again today just let them attack I mean I think there's probably something to be said because I looked into this when everyone was talking about how the African teams hadn't scored any goals there's something to be said for the teams they played in the opening game as well I think Senegal played Netherlands and I think um, Tunisia had played Denmark um, and Morocco had played Croatia. Um, yeah, so it's the harder game. Yeah, and Cameroon had played Switzerland. So all teams that you think of as being good defensively. So I think that probably did play some part in it just in terms of the fixtures. But I do think that, you know, I think we forget a lot of the time the first games in tournaments tend to be quite bad because teams want to avoid losing in the first game. Yeah. Um, and, but I think they, I've enjoyed the way a number of teams, particularly them, have played with more freedom in the second game. Yeah. Um, I think pro- some of that in terms of not wanting to lose is just nerves. You go into the first game at a, 
a World Cup and it's just sort of like, oh God, don't want to lose today. Um, but yeah, it's been good to see them. And I thought it was just, you know, that 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 incredible spirit as well of like, you know, it was 3-1. It looked like it could have got even worse. Serbia could have made it worse. And then just them Cameroon bursting back. It was just a, a great game. Um, arguably, it was even better than the scoreline suggests. So I just thought it was uh, worth mentioning that one. Um, but we'll get into the questions we've had on Twitter. Um so in quite in part so this doesn't run too long. Um, we're doing fine, but it's just um, so we've got we've got a few questions on Twitter. Uh, first one we've got is from uh, Ron Mukherjee. Uh, he said, "Thanks for the regular pods as usual, gents. Which lesser known player has impressed you all the most at the World Cup so far, and which big name player has been the biggest disappointment?" Hang on, I know who I'm picking, Angus. You go first, so I've got to remember his name. <laughs> um, just trying to think now. Uh, <laughs> a big name player that's been the biggest disappointment. That feels like it should be easier. Um, I know, like he hasn't been good, but I, I was hoping for a you know, maybe one last hurrah or something from Aiden Hazard, and it just hasn't been there. There's just been nothing there. Um, and so that's been that's been quite disappointing, really, because it was just sort of like, didn't expect a lot, but you just sort of hope that that someone's going to have a, a bit more, you know, in a situation like this, you know, this might well be his last World Cup, and it's just kind of gone out with a whimper. Um, I'll let you answer this while I try to think of a lesser-known player that has so... My player is um, Nunez from Uruguay. Just, oh, old Darwin. <laughs> he, yeah, you think he, you think he's at he's at um, Liverpool, and like both Suarez and Cavani are thirty five. Like, go. This should be your tournament when you stamp a claim to it, and he's just done nothing really in in the two games I've watched. Um, and for the player that's really impressed me, it's Mohamed Kudus. Yeah. Um, I don't know that much. I didn't know that much about him when um, I don't really watch Champions League or Europa League, yeah. so I don't know that much about him. And I, I watched it, He impressed me when he played against Portugal um, and they took him off. And then I think they lost the game. And today he scored a couple of goals. So he's definitely someone that's caught my eye. Yeah, I'm going to say the lesser known player. I mean, I I knew a bit about him just because sort of following um, sort of more European football and everything. Um, yeah. But I think Hincapié, the um, Ecuador centre-back, um, I think 20, it's by a Leverkusen, but he's sort of looked very assured back there, which I think is sort of like whenever whenever there's a left-sided centre-back, A, you're drawn, sort of your attention is drawn more to them, but also then uh need a left-sided centre-back. looks more elegant about them when they're left-sided. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've, I've been really impressed with him. Um there's, there's probably others that I've sort of seen throughout that um, that I'm not thinking of um, or that feel better known to me that might not necessarily be as well known. But uh, 
doggo with yeah. him. I think he's been he's been very good. Um, and uh, as one that was better known in part because people have seen him in transfer rumours, um, uh, I'll just mention Cody Gakpo as well because if if anyone didn't know who he was, he certainly announced himself to them in this tournament with a couple of goals already. Um, Kyle Stoke Gaffers asks us, would you do Kane to Depay for a hit? Uh, not expecting to have a starting player on the bench. No, I wouldn't. No, I'm not convinced the that... Pie's um, not fit, is he? No, I'm not convinced he starts. Um, like, I think they'd like to get him more minutes, but I'm not convinced he starts. So you're buying a player who's not a guaranteed starter. Um, like, if I had to you guess, might find out. Start, but, like, unless you see something beforehand, with, um, I probably wouldn't do it. Unless you see something beforehand, either that uh, Memphis is going to play or that Kane isn't, then I wouldn't do that. Um, FPL Frustration has asked us, who do you think are the best forward picks for game week three, particularly in the 7.0 and less range? Um, Well, I think Gakpo. Yeah. Um, um Bufal, who I mentioned as well. Valencia, he's on a roll, and yeah. I'm not sure Senegal have been that good. Um possibly Tim Weyer in a must win game for USA. And uh what about Mbolo? I was just going to mention against that Serbia game. One. Yeah, um, maybe I'm a little bit worried about some of Serbia's defensive issues today, but he's the exact sort of player I could see exploiting them. So, uh... do, you, do you know what I'm going to pick? Volkrug from Germany. Yeah, they need a striker, and I know he's unfashionable, but against Costa Rica, who are going to sit in deep, that they should play him. Yeah. Um, just make their lives easier as well, um, as well. Like, would, like yeah. putting a fo- focal point in, like that occasionally yeah. you can just go a bit more direct and get up, up the field that way and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I agree. I think that's he took it. his goal well as well. Shout. Yeah, definitely. Um, FPL Macos asks us, what's the team limit in the round of 16? It's not stated in the rules. It doesn't change. Um, so it's it's three per team in the last 16 and then the rules explain what it changes to after that, but it's three per team in the last 16. Um, FPL Gwob has asked us, if you were to play Park the Bus, who would be the five optimum defenders? Wow. I've not even thought about this. No, so uh, I'd say Dumfries. Dumfries. Would you say Trippier? Do you think Trippier starts? I think if you have anything concrete about an England defender playing... Um, um, I'd be a little bit concerned about Kyle Walker because it could be that they get him some minutes and then take him off. But if there's a, if there's anything minutes. about another another defender playing, um, I'd certainly be tempted. Um, I still think the Argentina guys, pretty good picks. Um, I think Poland, it's really variable because they looked better against Saudi Arabia. They looked poor in attack against Mexico. Um. What, what about someone like Rudiger? 
for Germany. He, yeah. He's got aerial threat, and they should keep a clean sheet against. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's a, a perfectly good pick. Um, I, I, I have no issues with that. Um, potentially someone like Jordi Alba. I know. Starts, I, I don't yeah. want to overreact for Japan, but um, Spain are still going to have to play the majority of their starters um, for this game because um, they're in trouble if they don't if they lose. Um, so I think someone like that um, could could be a good option, um, but I probably wouldn't go go there. And then <laughs> if if you really want to take a chance on it, I'd. Look at someone like Alex Tellis. Brazil. Bank on Brazil rotating. Yeah. Um, I think I've named five there. <laughs> yeah, I think we did. Together um, we did anyway. Yeah, I think you could maybe look at someone like Cancelo as well. Um, I think the only, the only threat... Uh, South Korea mustard was in the air against Ghana. I think Portugal would deal with that better. So um, yeah, with Pepe and uh, Diaz. Yeah, um, old man Pepe still hanging around. Um, Him and Silva. <laughs> yeah, thirty nine and thirty eight still going strong. Uh, we've got two more questions. Ad Torres asked the best options on triple triple for game week three. I know you're trying to figure this out, Dan. But, oh, God, it's, an, it's a nightmare. I think you've got to go for Gakpo against Qatar. Yeah. And with hot, um, Netherlands having to go full strength, I would. I think he's going to be one. Probably Messi. I'm not convinced, but it's Messi. Yeah. And then probably punt on a Brazilian. Yeah, you've got a Brazilian Somebody's or... Going to get rid of. Like maybe a German attacker, someone like Leroy Sane. Yeah. But it's, the problem is, who do they start though? Well, I would assume Leroy Sane because he's been coming back from injury, and it what it's been screaming out that they've been missing his his pace as well. So I think if if he can start, but it might be safer See, for if, someone like Musiala because he'll definitely start. And you'd oh, think how good how team. good was he the other day? Yeah. That's the thing. Someone like oh, him. Word. You know, could could haul against Costa Rica, um, and it's like I, I really want to go on um, the, the striker. Full crook, yeah, I really do. If I knew he was going to start, yeah. I would. I think. Um, you know, the one player that people will be looking at that I wouldn't use it on is Kylian Mbappe. He might play, but as we've said, he might well be left out, and you really don't want to sort of be left just sort of staring at like you know nothing on your triple triple. Um, Forever QPR Pontus has said what boosts do you expect going forward well we've obviously released today uh, on the Twitter account that um, follow the leader is one of them love this boost great stage to put it in round of 16 as well Um, or if you're feeling bold you could leave it till later Um, yeah that's true you know, imagine imagine having play follow the leader on like five players from a team. Um, but yeah, and then we we've subsequently been told the other two we will be tweeting them out in the coming days. Um, so you will know 
in advance what the three boosts are going to be. It doesn't matter in terms of picking your teams because everyone gets unlimited transfers between the end of group and the last 16, but you will know um, what the other two. When we tweeted out uh, this morning that we were only going to tweet one, we only knew one, so that's why. Um, but we will be releasing the other two. Um, so uh, we'll briefly cover uh, the idea of uh, transfers, where we're looking, who we're looking at. Um, Dan, what are your thoughts at the moment? Uh, so mine is obviously around triple-triple. Um, I I currently have Messi. I don't have... I have Bergwijn. So I might just do like Bergwijn to Gakpo because I think Gakpo definitely plays. Yeah. And the other one, I don't know. I'm not happy with any of my strikes. I've still got Kiefer Moore in. <laughs> um, I need to get a Brazilian... A Brazilian striker in, so maybe Jesus. Um, so he, I haven't really worked it out, but it'll probably be a minus four or minus eight. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking triple. at going punty. Um, I haven't quite worked out what that'll be. Um, for those of you that are trying to work out which teams to really go for, I'd look at Netherlands. Um, you know, there's been quite a good track record of at least getting some of the players leaked beforehand, so keep an eye out for that but you know the likes of Gakpo if Memphis is going to start he's obviously a good pick um Dumfries etc um you probably know the England lineups as well yeah if you get any of the England lineup I'd look at that as well um you know again not to pile on the the Wales fans but uh I'd, I'd be expecting some returns there um same with France you get any leaks about France, I think Tunisia have been solid, but you know, there's still so many good players there that if you get any sort of leaks about who's going to be involved, that could be really profitable. Argentina, obviously, they're, they're going to have to sort of go quite strong. Um, Germany, we've talked about the likes of you know, Sane, Inabri, Musiala, Fulcrum, oh, potentially, oh. um, someone like Ram, Raum, sorry, or yeah. Rudiger. Um, I think I think there's options there. Um, like I said, maybe a Portugal defender in Brazil. If you can work out who's going to play, or you want to take a punt on how much they're going to rotate. Just got punt. Yeah. Um, then I'd I'd obviously look at them. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, that's all of them. Um, I I like I say I haven't decided what I'm going to be doing punt wise, but. It'll probably involve selling Richarlison because I can't see him starting. So uh, I'll probably look no. to do something with that. Um, and in terms of picking picking a shock, Dan? I'm going to say Poland to either draw or beat Argentina. Um, I think I'm going to pick... Even though like the results would suggest it's not a shock, I think it still would be. I'm going to pick Ghana to beat Uruguay. Ooh. I can see that happening. Yeah. If, if Ghana have to attack, though, if they set up defensively, they won't do it. Yeah, I think... Uh, well, because I think they can still... Um, I think they can still go out if they... Like, with a draw... Because uh, I think if South Korea were to beat Portugal, they can still go past yeah. Ghana. So I think Ghana will 
will at least initially look to sort of take the game to them, particularly because that's when they've had the most success. So uh, it could be a very entertaining game as well, although I'm sure our, uh, Uruguay will do their best to take the entertainment out of the game, um, as is their style. <laughs> um, they call Wind Angus. Yes, but they will try and do it in probably the least stylish fashion possible. <laughs> so, yes, that's it. That's all of it. Um, the other one I'll give you is Australia to get something off Denmark and knock them out. Um, wow. You've been, you haven't been a high on Denmark all tournament. No, I'm, I'm sticking to it. I'm sticking to it to the end. Um, uh, so, uh, and obviously got to back the mighty Aussies. Uh, <laughs> so that's everything. Uh, we'll be back after game week th- three um, to look ahead to the round of 16. Um, that's Friday, right? Yeah. And uh, for those of you that have been paying attention, you will also know, uh, just speaking to our championship listeners here, that the Sunderland-Millwall game is this weekend. Um, And I have no players in it. (laughs) Yep, me neither. And so I hope it all goes terribly for you. But uh, we'll probably speak to you (coughs) that, but just sort of, you know, giving people a heads up that, yes, that is suddenly upon us as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's all from us and we will speak to you soon. Goodbye. Goodbye. Unbelievable.